I wanted to create beautiful jewelry that reflects country Victoria, as well as being able to offer something that's affordable, as well as being skin friendly. There's no chance that you might fail if the goal you set for yourself is achievable. From Knowledge and Empowerment Platform, The Daily Pretty, I'm Hayley Payne and this is Be The Girl Podcast. This is a podcast for anyone who is ready to step out of their comfort zone, realize their true capabilities and gain the knowledge, confidence and skills to realize their true passions and follow their dreams. We cover topics from career, wellness, business, mindset, entrepreneurship and lifestyle. We get real about how to realize your goals, dreams and aspirations through conversations jam-packed with real-life experiences and advice that is relatable and actionable straight from women who are living it and they want to share it all with you. Each episode will give you actionable steps and resources that you can realistically implement to work for you, whatever you are manifesting and cultivating. Welcome to Be The Girl podcast because we've got this and we've got just what you need on Be The Girl. Welcome back to Be The Girl podcast. My guest today is Chi, founder of a Melbourne-based ethical jewellery label called Skin Studio Jewellery. A truly inspiring female founder, Chi has an amazing story to share, plus some wonderful business insights and learnings experienced along the way. Growing up in her early 20s, she felt a lot of pressure from her parents to be a high achiever and to be successful in the corporate world. But after spending time here in Australia, she realized that corporate life wasn't what made her heart sing. So she let go of what she thought she had to be and followed her creative dreams instead. We chat all about Chi's move from management consulting to business owner, letting go of what we think we have to do or should do in our careers to follow our true passion and Chi's personal experience with this, the path to creating her business, why a commitment to sustainability and ethical manufacturing to reduce the effects of fast fashion are an integral part of skin and also Chi's mantra coming into a new year. Let's get started. Chi, welcome to Be The Girl podcast. Good morning and how is your Friday going? Hi, Hayley. Thank you so much for having me. My Friday's been very good. So far, so good to the start of the year. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me on Be The Girl podcast today. I've got a few different topics to cover today, but we're talking all about your beautiful jewellery brand skin studio jewelry we're going to talk about your career journey and making the transition to business owner the path to creating your brand your business experiences and also ethical jewelry and why that is so important to your brand I'd love to open with this question Chi that I am asking all of my guests as we are in a brand new year heading into 2021 what energy vibe and or mantras are you bringing into 2021? Great question, Haley. I mean, I feel like from what was 2020, this definitely has been a time of renewal. For me, 2021, I'm going in with a different perspective from last year. This year, sort of submitting to the ebbs and flows that will be. And I've reminded myself to be embracing and open 
without expectation after a big year that was and probably have been with, with a lot of us I want to focus sort of more on rebuilding my my vibe and my focus and embrace and participate in change amazing I think it's such a powerful lesson a lot of us have learnt over the last 12 months is embracing change because mm-hmm. here to stay and it's such a powerful skill to have in our personal and professional toolkits I think I love that vibe for 2021 we'll dive straight into it I'd love to know a bit about yourself your personal and professional background and what you were doing prior to where you are today with your beautiful brand of course so I'm the founder and creative director of skin studio jewelry Um, Originally from Hanoi, Vietnam, I moved to Australia in 2014. I currently live and work in Melbourne. Previous to Skin, I was working full-time as a marketing manager at a Sydney supply chain company previous to this. And previous to that, I was um, studying management consulting at Melbourne Uni. A bit about my personal background, I'm 25. My husband and I um, met when I was 16 over Omegle (laughs) and I moved to Australia mostly to be close to him but also to go to uni and we got married last year. Oh no, two years ago now. So it's 2019 we got married. We have babies. Oh, thank you so much. And of course I have my fifth baby which is skin as well. Wonderful. So you have four fur babies. We love animals and our cousin is a vet. So we often adopt our little fur babies from her. And sometimes we just couldn't say no when she's looking for a new home. So we're just, come to us. That's beautiful. They're hard to resist. Chi, I'd love to talk first of all about your career journey. So you mentioned you studied university here in Australia and that was for a career in management consulting. And then you went to follow your love and passion for fashion and jewellery to start Skin Studio. I'd love to know, first of all, a bit about management consulting. And I think that's relevant also to in your business today. But the time leading up to that transition that you made from career to business owner. So what was that like for you? How did it happen? What was that personal experience like for yourself? Yeah, of course. So I studied management and marketing in my commerce degree at Melbourne University. At the time of my uni degree, I was involved in several charities that dealt with solving social problems for organizations such as World Vision Management consulting is basically like solving problems for for a living. Mm -hmm. And I became really interested in it mainly for the fact that I could create change in people's lives as well as more so the social aspect of management consulting. So many of my peers as well during that time that I was at uni was also sort of on the same path. Towards the end of my degree, pretty much everyone there was either gunning for management consulting careers or investment banking, which is the two very common, I guess, pathways that you could have after uni. 
so I felt like I was, I guess, meant to do the same and that a measure of my success was determined on whether or not I had a graduate role as a management consultant. It's for me, I feel that was, that would have been a really big milestone for me to hit as a, I guess, an international student who came over to Australia and studied in Australia. So I applied for previous graduate roles in management consulting towards the end of my degree and pretty much got <laughs> knocked back for every single one I applied. If you guys, if you don't know in terms of like the consulting intake and how they interview grads it's quite uh, relentless and in I I honestly would would have to say that me as a, a person and my personality I just wasn't cut out for it so I realized after those failures that I was striving for this job that I would um, not enjoy it would be stressful it would require long hours and constant travel so I took some time to myself to reflect and spent the end of my 2017 in East Gippsland in country Victoria, where my husband is originally from. So during that time, I surrounded myself with his family, my, so my family now, and becoming immersed in nature and having a slow approach to, to life and at that time, I realized I felt incredibly happy and I decided to follow my creative roots and transition from a career where it would have been a very fast-paced corporate life to something that I was just beginning to kind of grasp to be what it is today, which is Skin Studio. I've always also loved fashion and Back in Vietnam, I had a small online store. I sort of used to buy old denim, cut them up, fray them, and then studded these. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome a- looking studs on them and thought that I was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I sold them and a lot of people loved them. So I, I had a, an entrepreneurial kind of spark back then. So I felt that the transition from me as a corporate kind of gal to <laughs> having my own business it was a little bit easier to adjust because um, you've so, sort of you've already had that little bit of experience in that yeah 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 that's right yeah and I can imagine just hearing you talk about your graduate position interviews like that's a lot of pressure and it sounds like it was highly competitive so do you feel like looking back now perhaps that was how it was meant to be in terms of even though at the time it would have been quite difficult and and stressful and probably quite heart-wrenching but the fact that that's how those graduate positions sort of didn't end up working out for yourself that was sort of it's meant to be I guess you could say now looking back yeah Yeah, definitely I Mm. honestly feel like it was not meant to be for me personally I grew up in an Asian background and pressure is something that lives with me lives within me I should say when I grew up my parents my family my relatives everyone would sort of compare their own children so I would always get compared to 
friends and even my cousins and I always felt like an incredible pressure to do well in every single aspect of my life so in that sense management consulting for me when I set my eyes on it I told myself if you don't get it you're a failure and I I think that really does resonate with a lot of people that I talk to a lot of business owners who set out um, to create their own success in their own sense and obviously we're our biggest critics and our harshest so Mm. I guess the disappointment at the time kind of had to be in order for me to realize that this life that I could create is something completely different and something that I can mold to my own expectations and be able to have a combination of my self-starting nature and my perseverance propel my passion, which sometimes can just be that, just a passion. So I guess a combination of passion as well as reality comes hand in hand when you're a business owner. And for example, for me, I did not make the decision to become full-time working in skin until I was absolutely sure that I was able to sustain myself. I'd be interested to know, because I think it's a really valuable point about this pressure from family, society, where we think we have to do a certain thing or we should be doing a certain thing in our careers. Given that pressure that you mentioned you were under, how did you let go of that and learn to be okay and to follow that passion of yours? What do you think helped you push through with that, given that pressure that was there? Yeah, I think that's, especially when you're starting out as a business, as a small business, you often, obviously, you're in your own head and you're always telling yourself, you can do this, you're your biggest cheerleader, but also your biggest critic. And for me, that side of my sort of failures, no option kind of mentality, my, my own pressure on myself was quite toxic to my own relationship with the business at the beginning. And sometimes when it was bad sales day where I would get no sales for like weeks on end, I would um, cry to myself and say, that I've failed and I shouldn't be doing this. And sometimes it's really hard to recover from that. So for me, when that happens, I found that having people surrounding me that could have that distraction as well as support in other areas of my life really, really helped to relieve that pressure and My husband particularly has been always uh, there for me and been at my rock and being able to have him was uh, a big support source in my life. So in terms of the relationship that I have with my business, it's really grown and I've really been able to reflect on why those toxic type of responses I have with my business and I was able to find ways to cope with it and find ways to cope with the pressure that I put on myself by either delegating those tasks or having a clearer and smaller um, more achievable goals Mm. in that way it sort of takes the equation out of 
it takes a failure there's no chance that you might fail if the goal you set for yourself is achievable <laughs> mm, exactly and it's so great to hear having your husband supporting and having that support system there because it's so uh, valuable in those early stages when you're doing something new and different, like scary but exciting. Definitely, mm. especially for babies. They will absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'd love to dive now into the path to creating your brand. We've talked a little bit about your your university qualifications and then the switch from the corporate landscape into more of a creative landscape, which you did have some experience with your denim line initially. Tell me more about the inspiration behind Skin Studio Jewelry. What do you think was the first steps or what was the first experience that made you want to build a brand in Of course. So I mentioned, I think back in 2017, but after when I graduated, I had that period of just reset in country Victoria. And this is when I realized and I sort of immersed myself. I had nothing to do. I was just creating for the sake of it. And I, I am inherently sort of a more creative person than I am logical. Mm -hmm. So I, just did a lot of drawings and after that I think it was about a month after that my husband has bought had bought me a necklace from an online Instagram retailer that I loved but after wearing it for a week it tarnished and it gave me a big rash I have like super sensitive skin and I soon realized that the jewelry was plated gold plated and it was causing my skin to become irritated So it was during that time that I was sort of uh, doing nothing, kind of immersing in art just for myself. I realised that the jewellery industry had a gap and that there must be a way to make jewellery affordable while still being good quality, as well as being able to like showcase the beautiful country Victoria landscape, as well as transporting the wearer to some sort of like lifestyle slow living way that I experienced when I had my break Mm. and when I did some research to sort of try and flesh out this idea I found gold filled which is a completely different method of manufacturing to gold plated and this is where the idea for skin was born. I named it after really it's, it's kin. So jewelry as a extension of yourself and as your pretty much your friend in your everyday outfits and in, in your life pretty much. So that's where skin started. I wanted to create beautiful jewelry that reflects country Victoria as well as being able to offer something that's affordable as well as being skin friendly. It was really that personal encounter and being in that creative space that you were in that put together really the starting point for it all. Once you'd done your research, what was the next step? Did you sit on it for a while or were you like, I think I want to pursue this straight away? What did you do next? So I reached out pretty much straight away to 
wholesalers in the USA who, who make gold fill findings. So findings of the little components that you would find in a piece of jewelry. And then I made my first small order of pieces to sort of play around with. So I then spent like a couple months with no formal training in jewelry making whatsoever. Watched YouTube, tried different things, tried different jewelry making techniques, did a bit of soldering, did a bit of just making jewelry out of wire and different designs, different shapes. And I sort of understood how jewelry is made. That really was quite important in what comes next, which is to find a manufacturer to help me make some of my designs. And when I set my course on finding a manufacturer, I wanted to find someone that had the same ethos and values that I do, which is ethical manufacturing, as well as uh, the potential for sustainable uh, jewelry making. And I set on beautiful ethical manufacturer that I found in India and paid for my first order to be made. And unfortunately, my first ever manufacturer never showed up, never replied. And it was $5,000 worth of my savings, which was significant back then because I was a uni student. Wow. So the manufacturer pretty much went quiet and stopped responding altogether. Mm. So luckily, I spoke to a second manufacturer also in India. And this is how I sort of found my my like I, I sort of knew how this manufacturer was meant to be my second manufacturer then contacted my first manufacturer and asked them to refund me and this second manufacturer did this before they even got into business with me or even asked me for my designs so I knew that it came from a place of love and of trust and they were family oriented family owned and oriented manufacturer so Mm. that act of kindness that just sort of propelled everything forward and that's how I found my second manufacturer which is now our main ethical manufacturer in India I obviously also vetted my their processes to make sure that they're certified in their ethical processes and approaches to sustainability one big challenge that I had when I tried to look for manufacturers was because of the different manufacturing process that comes with gold fill. The technology wasn't available widely and the main reason being gold fill is a very expensive process for production and a lot of factories won't have the technology available to produce gold fill. So being able to find a second manufacturer that was able to do this as well as being ethically accredited and them going out of their way to help me that was definitely the 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 win for me and from there I sort of made my first collection and it sort of propelled from It would have been refreshing to have a positive experience after your initial first experience with a manufacturer being negative yeah Um, I feel like there's a lot of experiences out there of mm. business owners or just people who are just fleshing out their ideas and 
um, trying to see if this manufacturer might be the right one for me. I'm sure that there's a lot worse stories than mine. I did, by the way, get the money back, the refund, thanks to my second manufacturer. But yeah, it does speak to the fact that there is just so much that you have to look into when you decide on a new manufacturer. Absolutely. Once you'd found your ideal manufacturer that ticked all the boxes and that you'd built that trust with and credibility, you've worked on your first collection. So you've launched that. And then I guess you could say you were in that startup mode phase. What was that like in terms of the business and then also how you were managing that day-to-day? Yeah. So I think the period when I I would say it's a startup phase to when I could consider myself a business owner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was completely like just trial and error. Mm -hmm. I pretty much tried everything under the sun in terms of e-commerce management and sort of marketing my brand and getting it out there. There was a lot of continuous improvement. I did do a lot of courses in trying to improve conversion rates, learned everything there is to be, everything there is to know about Facebook ads, Instagram ads. I even like trialed a different e-commerce platform for subscriptions-based jewelry and then pretty much just reverted straight back to Shopify just because it's the tried and true. But yeah, there was a lot of just continuously trying, have I tried this? Does it work? And back then I had to be really strict with what I tried in terms of marketing strategies. If there wasn't wasn't a direct ROI, I tended to be quite cutthroat and just sort of stick to the ones that do give an ROI. So for example... I stuck to the very basic influence of marketing, of gifting, as well as like very small contracts, but kept it mainly things like Facebook ads and social media presence where you do have a very, you you can tie an ROI to your uh, marketing efforts. Mm -hmm. That mainly is what got us off the ground. And then for it to sort of propel and fly, I did do a lot of PR in terms of sending to new influences as well as participating in giveaways, celebrity giveaways that helped us get more awareness for the brand. And I think that was when Skin then started to become more of a business rather than a side hobby. So really focusing on those marketing strategies that worked for you and making sure that ROI was a priority and not going in or continuing on with marketing that really wasn't giving you that return that you needed. It's so critical in that startup phase. Yeah, definitely. And I found that by staying lean, I was able to have the cash reserves that I needed when the time came for scaling and for expanding, which if if you've been through it before, you would know that it takes, like it costs a lot of money for new stock and for advertising and for paying influences and all sorts of stuff, or even getting more staff. That's just more sort of investment that 
I was able to save up over time by being very lean in my business at the beginning. That's such good advice. And I love how you were very particular in your strategies. And if something didn't work, you were quick to switch direction or change and be flexible and really focus on that. Talking more broadly now, thinking back, or it could even be something more recent, what do you think's been the biggest challenge or perhaps a lesson that you've overcome and something that sticks with you today that you feel like you really learnt from in your business? I think the biggest challenge, and this is an ongoing challenge for me and the business, is ensuring that our supply chain is ethical and sustainable. This is something that's so important to me. And I think It should be important to every single business out there that's starting or ongoing in 2021. I'm usually passionate about the environment and just normally the conditions of workers that produce your goods every day. I think that there are some areas where we're doing well as a, we're doing well in terms of production as well as packaging, but there's certain areas in our supply chain that I don't think that it's, it's still in progress and it still needs to be worked on. So that would probably be my biggest challenge and probably the biggest piece that is to, to be worked on in 2021, particularly in making sure that our production is moving towards recycled and solar powered as well as carbon neutral, as well as our people our aspects of the culture being more sustainably geared as well in the very few things that we do in the office. Yeah, so I I would say sustainability is our biggest challenge thus far. And I feel like you're definitely taking a really holistic view of what sustainability means and that ties in so beautifully with your ethical message behind your brand talking about solar power and carbon neutral and all of that because there's so many different aspects to it and I think taking that more broader view is really important. Yeah absolutely and I think there's a lot of greenwashing that is out there today the word sustainable ethical eco-friendly a lot of that is thrown around by many brands and I think it's sometimes used as a marketing tool to get people to buy and I really think that it should be a holistic approach to to reinvent and to um, I guess not take so much from the earth so being truthful being transparent on what we're doing as well as being humble to our our efforts continuously improving is what I would say is the key and obviously because we can't be perfect we can't all be 100% zero waste we can't be 100% recycled or anything like that so yeah yeah at least we can strive to be. Definitely. On the flip side, Chi, what do you think is one of the biggest highlights or one of the best moments or memories that you've experienced that stays with you? I think my biggest highlight thus far with Skin has been opening a store. I I would have never thought that I would have been able to open a store or even never have occurred to me that I could that's so uh, exciting yeah actually with what has happened in 2020 and I 
I honestly, the other day, one of my friends asked me, what are you doing now? And I was able to say, oh yeah, I work here and I own this store. And she didn't even know it was mine and felt like it was a big accomplishment because the it's there, it's like tangible and it's something that you can show people. So yeah, I'm really proud of that. That's incredible. Where's your store located? Um, so we're located in Belize, a northeast suburb of Melbourne. That's so exciting. It's great to have your e-commerce and your online store, but then to actually have a brick and mortar, that's the whole other level. Yeah, having yeah. a in-store kind of experience is so different to what you, what we've done so far, being completely online. And we mm. see customers come in every day, coming to say I've seen you online and it's so nice to see you in person and I'm like actually so happy to see that you guys have a store and it just brings like all sort of smiles on our faces and it also the experience that we can create in store can is so much more in-depth and a lot more personal and I was able to I guess lean on some of the feedback so Mm. far that we've had since opening the store to even further build our future collections as well as having those points in their journey be more of a holistic experience with Skin Studio as a brand. I was watching some of your Instagram reels of in-store and it looks like a beautiful space. Thank you so much. Yeah, Mm. we try to keep to our little aesthetic. Awesome. I'd love to know where now, last year was a bit of a topsy-turvy year, so your day-to-day may be quite different, but how do you structure your day-to-day at the moment and what advice... Well, first of all, let's just chat about that. How do you structure your day-to-day? So with the new studio, I come in and sort of, well, actually before that, I wake up the same time as my husband. He's a mechanic and I wake up early with him, try and get an, her- uh, an early breakfast, sometimes play with the dogs so that they get some of their energy out. And then I get ready for work and then come to the office and I bring my dogs with me. And usually it starts with emails, catching up on customer service, everything in the store that needs to be done. I still do all the customer service and even some of the orders I still make myself. So there's a lot that has to be done day to day. And then we prep our orders from online for the day. And then Nicole, Eloise and I, my two beautiful employees, we work on different projects during the day and it really varies a lot because we're able to sort of ping pong off each other and have that team environment to work on different things that we're interested in and we can decide pretty much day to day what we would be working on. Of course, having a loose schedule for us. And then it varies from even merchandising new goods into the store or working on my supply chain, working on my website. It just keeps me busy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I so we have a pretty flexible as well as a very balanced work-life approach. And... I finish at 4.30, usually take my two dogs home, take them to the park for a little bit of a play and then come home and usually spend some time with my husband after work. I also work from home, for example, like today where I know that I will be 
doing some personal work and I'm able to sort of have freedom in that just living so close to work as well as being able to rely on amazing employees that can take away some of the stress such as making jewelry and making orders so that I can focus on things like growing the business and designing new collections and so on it's never a dull moment there's always something (laughs) definitely yeah absolutely something to do Mm, and we did touch on earlier creating that healthy balance and that relationship with your business. What do you think has been the biggest game changer for you in terms of that, in terms of your mindset and approach? What do you think you've implemented that's really helped with that healthy relationship? Yeah, I I really resonate with this question because as I talked about earlier, I had a really toxic relationship with, with business and the business itself being my one source of fulfillment. And I think for a lot of business owners, it it feels as if if you don't succeed in this one venture that you have, you don't succeed at all in life. And throughout the years, I've been able to sort of switch my mindset to make sure that I have other areas of my life where I uh, generate fulfillment from. And that has really helped me manage that expectation from my business and always be um, mindful of the ebbs and flow of today can be a bad day, but tomorrow can be an even better day. What are you doing today in order to secure your happiness for tomorrow pretty much? Mm. But yeah, I really do believe in meaningful and thoughtful work when I do set up my goals. There's such like a expectation today to have to make it in so many areas of our lives, even outside of work, like relationships, like financial growth, et cetera, that it's often that you don't say it's okay to slow down and can enjoy the work that you're doing on yourself. And you can be thoughtful in the way that you approach and spend your time. And that switch in mindset has helped me understand that. You might be able to achieve certain goals and that might mean that you drop the balls on certain things, but that's okay and you're allowed to fail in that, in that sense. I've also, in terms of balance and creating that safe environment for my mental health, I separate my work life and my personal life. It used to be that I would work out of my bedroom, out of my living room and everywhere I go, I sort of see stress. Mm. (laughs) And even this year when I was working from home, I tried my best and separated my work life by containing it to one single room. And then when I exit that room, there's nothing that surrounds me, reminds me of work. And that helps me have that balance and have that healthy relationship with my business so if you're able to separate it completely and turn off at the end of the day which I know is impossible it would it helps a lot it can make such a difference even just that one that one little factor so that when you're waking up in your bedroom it's not work (laughs) exactly yeah 100% that's a really good tip if you have the space or if you don't necessarily have a whole room, even just try and make a yeah, little area. Mm. Mm. Yeah, have a little corner that you go to or a little 
area of just work-related things. That's some really awesome advice there about your business experiences that you've had on your journey. I'd also love to do a bit more of a deep dive into the ethical aspect of Skin Studio. This is a very important part of your brand ethos. As we were chatting before the podcast, I said I was on your website and on your Instagram and I certainly went you know, went into a deep dive and <laughs> yeah, so many beautiful pieces. So ladies, if you're listening to this, make sure you do go check out the range. It's, it is amazing. But what I do love most behind your brand, and I did a bit of reading on your website about this as well, is your commitment to sustainability and ethical manufacturing you also touched on the reducing the effects of fast fashion. And this really resonated with me because it's something I'm mm-hmm. conscious of as well. So tell me more about this. First of all, why you decided to make this such an important part of your brand? Yeah, of course. So I personally, in terms of what my values are and what the business are. It's very well aligned. I have always been interested in fashion and jewelry in general. Mm -hmm. And it's only been recently that I've really deep dived into where my fashion, my clothes, my jewelry comes from. And it's really scary because the fashion and costume jewelry industry, it's rampant with not only like cheaply made products, but it's also very unethically made goods. Workers are often paid very, very little for the labor. They use cheap materials to keep costs down. And that's why you often buy jewelry that's so extremely cheap and comparable to like a cup of coffee. So the higher price point, even the most expensive brands that doesn't mean that they also they're they're ethically manufactured the jewelry industry is the one industry that kicks up their price point to like millions and millions and major distributors and jewelry powerhouses will often buy jewelry for the same as your typical fast fashion jewelry makers and then they slap a markup of 10, 20, 50 times to get that price tag. So for us, it's a combination of being able to balance both. So I'm super passionate about changing the way that you view and buy goods in general, as well as jewelry in particular. I think fast fashion has taught us like instant gratification and cheaply made goods that can be worn once, but then you can't, you don't really want to wear again, or the materials is not suitable to wear again and again. So I personally feel so much more happy and fulfilled when I buy a piece of clothing or even a piece of furniture or a jewelry or whatever it is that I have in my life, I buy mindfully and bringing that into the business. I want to change the way that we buy jewelry. We, I want our consumers to care about what materials we use, how we produce our jewelry and who produces our jewelry. So we're committed to producing, sourcing um, and marketing as ethically as we can. This means working with suppliers that pay living wages no child labor, no um, like maintaining a safe environment to all of our artisans, as well as having a holistic view 
end-to-end supply chain trace, traceable mm-hmm. supply chain in order to continually improve in our different areas of the life of that jewellery piece being made and being worn and consumed. So, for example, our three aspects of sustainability and ethical manufacturing that we focus on is, of course, product, which is where our product comes from and who makes our products and how it is made, as well as people who makes our products, who packs your jewellery, who delivers your jewellery. So in terms of what we do with those areas, as well as the planet, caring for a future where we can put back what we take and more. So those three areas are definitely major parts that are, of course, the basis of the of of the business as well as something that I want to continually be better at. So with this commitment, I over the past few years have made further work and worked on the business to make sure that we're certified members of different entities to make sure that we are ethical and there's a legal treatment of workers. So for example, our factory is now a member of Responsibility Jewelry Council. Mm -hmm. We also have one out of our three factories being carbon neutral. We also have different audits to make sure that they're paying a living wage, having insurance, paid public holidays and more in terms of surrounding that people aspect. In terms of planet, we are a proud member of 1% for the planet. And this just means that every year we dedicate 1% of our sales towards nonprofit organizations and fund those high impact projects that work towards um, a more sustainable future. So yeah, so it's a topic that I am obviously very passionate about and I'm continuously also learning and still growing and still trying to make sure that we better care for our um, people and our planet in our processes for the future. And obviously also educating our customers and making sure that that very initial goal of being able to change the mindset of buying things in general is communicated across. I feel like it makes your pieces that bit more special as well and have more meaning for the purchaser. And then when they wear them, they'll also feel that. And, you know, like it's a huge undertaking for a business. It's an ever-evolving, you know, even just monitoring the supply chain in terms of ethical practices. It doesn't stand still. It's constantly changing and moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge aspect and sometimes, sometimes I, 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 when I buy a new piece to go into my wardrobe, for example, I always go and check the, the business and what they're doing and sometimes it's disappointing to see that there's nothing that is communicated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's something that I feel not only is constantly changing but the environment of business in general is constantly changing in the way that consumers now expect it to be communicated and at least tackled so yeah it's it's definitely at the forefront 
for our business. That's incredible. And that saying comes to me, the little things add up to one big thing. So it's those little Mm -hmm. changes and improvements that we can make every day for sure. Thank you so much, Chi, for joining me today on Be The Girl podcast. I've really enjoyed chatting to you all about your journey, making the transition into your business, creating your beautiful brand, but then also sense of alignment and brand integrity that I get just from viewing your socials and your website and then also chatting with you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing with me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I have really enjoyed talking with you about my journey as well as the different areas of skin. Yeah, hopefully it was <laughs> enlightening for you as well as your listeners. I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast, so I'm sure it will be a beautiful one as well. Absolutely. And before we go, what are your socials and your website? So where can we find you and where can we get in touch? Of course. So our social, the best place to find us is our Instagram. Come and join us. It's skinstudioj underscore. And our website is s-kin.com.au. Wonderful. Thank you, Chi. And I'll pop all of those into the show notes with all the links as well for people to jump on and check it out. Thank you, Hayley. Amazing. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. And you too. I hope that the rain will leave soon and you'll be able to play in some sun and enjoy your summer. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over and give us a rating and a review. Join the community and follow us on our official Instagram at Be The Girl Podcast. And also check out our sister site and Instagram and home of the podcast, The Daily Pretty, a knowledge and empowerment platform that has interviews, brand features, and a range of amazing reads across career, business, and lifestyle. Our online store and all of the podcast details. Sign up to our newsletter to stay in the loop and for 10% off your purchases. Thank you so much and I look forward to speaking to you again soon for the next episode of Be The Girl podcast.